Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm so excited to be back on season two of the show here on bizradio.us. I just want to thank everyone for downloading the show. We're approaching 2,000 downloads, which for some people, they're like, well, that's not a lot. But for my podcast, that's amazing. And I'm very excited. And I'm very excited to have today's guest. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So today's guest is a certified public accountant and partner at one of the four largest accounting firms in the world. He has over 25 years of accounting experience. And more importantly, my guest is African-American, which you've guys heard me say in prior shows, less than 5% of all CPAs are of African-American descent. So this is a pretty big deal, especially because he's a partner at one of the largest firms. So without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guest, Mr. Lawrence Ballard. Welcome, Lawrence. Thank you, Veronica. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited. I'm excited you can fit me in. You're a very important person, sir. So as no, soon as I no, met no. you, I'm like, come on my show. <laughs> well, well, I heard you haven't made it until you've been on the Veronica Edwards show. So Come it was a no-brainer for me. Yes. So you're a part <laughs> of the, the V team. We're calling the listeners and the fans of the show the V team. <laughs> so Lawrence, we always start the show asking the guests to tell us about yourself, where you're from, and how you became a CPA, especially in a field where there's not a lot of young African American men in this industry. Sure, sure. So um, you know, Born and raised in northern New Jersey, born in North New Jersey, spent most of my life in the state. Um, I I actually got interested in accounting, believe it or not, uh, for, for two reasons. One, um, I, I was fortunate to come up in a family of, of local entrepreneurs in our community. And um, I, I really looked up to my granddad who had his own business. And my, my granddad was a big, stoic, strong man, very prideful, didn't say a lot, but when he spoke, everybody paid attention. And whenever his, his accountant came by, who was also um, a black man, I, I was always amazed to see how he captured my granddad's attention. Um, so, so that sparked my interest. And, and also in high school, I took, you know, two accounting classes. Uh, I had no idea what it was really all about, but the uh, the classes were available. I took them as an elective, and, and I got hooked ever since. Um, so, you know, I went to college, Howard University in Washington, D.C., majored in accounting at Howard University. And uh, upon graduating, um, you know, I joined a, a large global professional services firm, and I've been there Ever since, um, took and passed my my CPA exam. I actually passed all four parts 
in one sitting, which I'm quite proud Boo. of. It took me twice. <laughs> it took me twice. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I took I took it more than once, but in one sitting, I passed all four. So if if you uh, reconcile that, and I, I also sat for it one time and, and didn't pass any parts because I wasn't prepared, but I was uh, dead set on passing all four parts and getting it over with. Um, so I, I passed my CPA exam and then the plan, Veronica, all along was, was to get a couple years experience in a large firm and then really go off on my own and, and do my own thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look up and 28 years later, I'm still at the same firm and it's the only place I've ever worked out of college. Um, and I think what's kept, what's kept me in, in the business is although 28 years may seem like a long time, I feel like I've had multiple careers. Um, you know, I primarily do financial audits. Um, I, I run a pretty significant industry group within our firm. So I've also had some experience d- dealing with, you know, tax related issues. Um, I've done some consulting in the firm, I've worked in two or three different markets, uh, and I've probably touched at least six, seven, or eight different industry groups. So I, I like I like to say in my twenty eight years, I've had multiple uh, multiple experiences and multiple careers. Um, so that's that's just a little bit of background about me. Um, I, I did spend 10 years in D.C. upon graduating Howard University, um, but then I returned back up to the New York, New Jersey area where I was born, and I currently reside in uh, central New Jersey. Wow, Lauren, so much stuff I want to touch on. What was the a business that your grandfather had? So my, my granddad worked with uh, my great uncle. Um, they, they had a corner store. Um, and they also had a car wash, um, which which was pretty cool. So I, I not 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 big businesses by any stretch, but it gave me the opportunity to to a see uh, you know black men running businesses mm-hmm. right yes. and being and being their own bosses um, and, and b having an appreciation for the sacrifices and dedication that comes with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly in situations where things may not go as planned. Um, So yeah, that, that was my, uh, that was my granddad's business. And he was quite the entrepreneur. I mean, he, he had multiple hustles and things he did in the community. Um, And he would always tell me he's never really worked a day in his life because he's always done things um, based on his own, personal passions and pursuits. Wow. I love that. And, you know, I think a lot of times, even in 2022, people forget people of color have had businesses for a very long time and have been very successful. And I know you said, oh, you know, it's just a corner store car wash. That's a big business, you know, and especially in these larger areas, you know, with you guys being in that New York, New Jersey area, that's not an easy feat. So especially decades ago. So that's very admirable. And then for him to have a black accountant at the same time. Again, a lot of people don't talk about that. Another thing, Lawrence, that you brought up that intrigued me is that you took an accounting class in high school where I don't hear that as much currently. So I love that you had that experience. That's something I want to really try to implement in my community is the public schools having more business and accounting classes. 
Well, yeah, and that, that was that was critical for me, Veronica, because so I, I got tipped off to this to this accounting class that was offered. It was a relatively new elective by my uh, one of the coaches on, on my high school football team. <laughs> Um, you know, he came to me and said, you know, you're, you're always good with the playbook. You have a great memory. You love math. You know, we're offering accounting, um, electives. You you should, you should take it. And I said, okay, sure. Why not? Um, little did I know he was actually teaching the accounting class. (laughs) Right. Um, so I, I took accounting, what we considered accounting one, in high school. Um, I think I took that my junior year, if I'm not mistaken. And then my senior year, I I took a second accounting elective. So going into college, I had a pretty good baseline foundationally of what accounting meant as it relates to some of the basic things around debits and credits. Um, So I I definitely feel like I had in college. Oh, absolutely. And another thing that you brought up that I want the listeners to think about, too, is if you see a young person that has potential, say something to them because you didn't even know about the world of accounting. But it took someone just saying, hey, I see some traits that you have, even if you don't realize anything about accounting. Like he said, you're good with numbers. You're smart. You work hard you can do it. A lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, Veronica, you're doing accounting. That's so hard. I'm like, it's just adding and subtracting debits and credits. Yeah, absolutely, Veronica. And, um, you know, we need need more talent pipeline, more more African-American talent pipeline coming into the accounting profession. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a general hesitancy, um, for, for students to pursue accounting for a number of reasons. Um, but the important thing to remember about accounting is it's really the blueprint. Accounting and finance, as you know, is a blueprint for any organization. Absolutely. Um, and it really opened my eyes up to it, you know, as I began to pursue my career at my firm. Um, accounting and finance is always in the room, right? Oh, yeah. w- whether an organization is thinking about a, a merger transaction or due diligence on a company or assessing which HR platform to implement um, or which technology solution to implement, um, the, the foundation for a lot of those decisions is based on accounting and finance. Mm-hmm. And so if, if your technical specialization is rooted in that, you're always in the room as these decisions are being made. And even beyond that, um, I know a number of CFOs, COOs, and CEOs who started out, you know, as CPAs, right? Absolutely. Um, because it gives you the, the platform to think about things, I think, analytically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the days of, you know, doing T accounts, Veronica, are really over, right? Uh-uh, um, Lawrence. I still do my <laughs> T accounts sometimes, brother. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, but, but what I mean by that is... You, you know, to a large degree, it's less about it's less about the debits and credits, and it's more about the analytics and interpreting what the information needs. Because oh, when sure. you when when you and I were coming up, we we didn't have these these comprehensive large um, technology solutions that did the accounting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started out in, in my firm, I always kept my notebook handy so that I could sketch things out. So it's it's less about 
you know, the, the mechanics of it. And it's more about understanding and interpreting the data. And for me, it's helped to train my mind as it relates to how I think about solutions and alternatives um, for solving business problems. Absolutely. When I was teaching um, at a local college, the first paragraph in the book, and I was like, oh, I never thought about this. They say accounting is the language of business. So when you think about that, just like you said, we're in the room everywhere. If you're illiterate and you're running a business, because there's people all the time that's running businesses, don't know anything about accounting. How successful are you going to be if you don't know how to read and write it? You're, oh, you're, just, yeah. you're just existing. But until you can, like you say, interpret it and understand it, that's when your business takes off. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And and I think for, for those for those who are interested in accounting, you, you also have to recognize there is a, a technical proficiency you have to come to understand and master. Yes. Right. So you, you, you do have to study, you do have to learn the language, depending on what industry you want to focus on. You also need to understand how those things translate to the industry. So I would encourage people not to be afraid of that, to really embrace it um, because it, it can definitely be fruitful. Um, and and for, for African-Americans coming into the industry, um, the, the one thing, you know, coming in as, as a youngster, you know, there, there's always some sense of self-doubt as, sure. as it relates to whether or not you're good enough or you can compete or you know enough. Um, but I would also encourage people to, to ground yourself in the technical craft. Um, the more I focused on understanding my craft, the, the, the better advantage I felt like I had because that preparation really breeds confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's really important. Um, and I would also encourage your, your listeners, you know, don't, don't be afraid to try different things. Yes. Right. Don't, and when don't, you say try, that means you're probably going to fail and that's okay. You're supposed to, cause not everything's for you. Yeah. It's, it's less about the destination and it's more about the journey. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the way I look, the way I view my progression in my firm is I always want to add layers to my experience. If you think about the foundation of a house, you obviously want a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you want to add to your knowledge base. Um, the, the broader you are and the deeper you are, what you know, I, I think the more well-rounded professional you become. So don't be mm-hmm. afraid to venture off. You know, if, if, if you don't know anything about, um, you know, analytics or cybersecurity or virtual reality, you know, take a podcast, read it, mm-hmm. understand it, and figure out how it might apply to your profession or your business, because that's the way I think you got to look at things in this day and age. Oh, yeah. There's so many resources, like you said, that's available that wasn't maybe in the beginning of our careers that sky's the limit. I mean, you don't even have to leave your house anymore to get some of this um, information. And when you mention your firm, I, I definitely want to ask, you know, what has your experience been in one of the largest firms in the world as a minority? Then you become a partner. Did you see any partners that even looked like you? How did you even know that was an option? But yeah, but I definitely want to start off with what was your experience, you know, as a minority? Yeah, that's a great question. Look, you know, you, you come in, you come into a large firm. Our representation is is relatively low uh, across the profession, but let alone coming into a big firm. Um, 
I think that the biggest thing for me was was to not necessarily focus on the fact that I was few and far between, mm-hmm. but but take advantage of opportunities to learn and explore. Um, it, it was also very important for me to, to compete at the highest level um, and to have a natural appetite to learn. And so that that was always my focus. And look, I, I didn't always get the opportunities that I thought I deserved, um, but I, I never let that impede my progression forward. Right. Um, uh-huh. And the 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 other thing I'll point out, Veronica, in in my firm in particular, I, I think I've always had opportunities to challenge myself. And I, I always told myself, you know, if, if there came a point where I didn't feel challenged, then it was time for me to look for something else to do. Oh, I'm um, the same way. Right. But, but my, my career at my firm never lacked those opportunities, which is why, which is why I'm still here. Um, and when I think about, you know, becoming a partner, I tell people all the time, I, I really didn't think about becoming a partner in my firm and until I've been here, maybe eight, nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think what, what changed it for me was that I, I always had mentors and advocates in my firm tell me, you know, Lawrence, you, you should be a partner here one day. Wow. What would you but, say when they would say that to you? Uh, at first <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't take it seriously because as you noted, I, I didn't see a lot of people who look like me. Right. Of course. Um, and, and, and then it went from that to, Oh, Lawrence, you're going to be a partner. It went from should to you will be a partner and you will be a leader. We can, wow. we can see you as a leader in this firm someday. And, and that had a tremendous impact on not only my confidence, but, the way in which I view my career at my firm. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, if, if you can see it, you can be it, right? Yes. And so just hearing those positive influences for me personally was very impactful. And guess what, Veronica? A, a, lot, of, a lot of that support, I certainly got support from, from people, including partners who look like me, but the overwhelming volume of my support came from folks who didn't look like me. I love hearing that. Right. Which, which makes it even more impactful because it's great if your family tells you, you can do it. Oh, sure. But, but it's something else if, if, if other folks tell you, right. And they really believe it. Um, the other thing that I think was critical for me was, was having strong advocates, mm-hmm. um, having people speak up for me, promote me and protect me even when I'm not in the room. Wow. And I, I always had that, you know, naturally I'm, I'm pretty good at networking. Um, and so building that network around me has, has been tremendously important for my, for my career progression overall. That's huge. You know, on the show, we always talk about different tips and jewels and you just laid it out right there. It sounds like mentorship and that networking was huge. And even though it wasn't always the folks that looked like you or, or came from your community, it doesn't matter. You know, like it's just knowing, hearing sometimes, you know, we, sometimes people feel silly looking in the mirror, saying their affirmations, I'm smart, I'm beautiful, all this stuff. But you needed to hear, Lawrence, you're a partner. Lawrence, you're a leader for you to actually believe it. 
And I think we need to continue to find people to mentor because we need that in our community. Yeah, we do. And, and I always tell people strong mentorship relationships are, are personal, mm-hmm. right? If, if you're looking to build those connections, they, they need to be personal connections. It's not, it's not transactional. Right. And when you think about personal connections, it, it, it means you, you make the investment. For one, it's a two-way street. Right. It's not just you soliciting all this input. Um, it's also you contributing something up to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it involves a certain level of consistency and follow up. Um, so if, if you're looking to build that network, invest the time to do it the right way and, and be strategic about it. Yeah. Um, th- think about ways you'll leverage the relationship but also think about ways you're going to get back to the relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And before we go, Lawrence, have you done any mentorship? I know now that you're a partner, I'm sure within the firm, you have people underneath you that you mentor. I, I, I do. And, um, and, you know, we, we have within our firm, you, you have assigned mentors, which, which is always great. And that's fine. You know, I, I like that. But the, the best relationships for me, frankly, are ones where, you know, one of our staff just comes into my office or stops me in the hallway to say, hey, I've seen you around, you know, do you mind if we grab coffee and talk? Um, so I, I encourage people to seek out mentors and relationships beyond the, the structured relationships your company or firms may set up. Um, and, and then once again, in doing that, make sure you follow through the other important thing, Veronica, for me, my strongest relationship in in my experience has been one where a mentor has given me really candid feedback. Oh yeah. You got it. You got to take it. Yeah. It's not always going to be shiny red roses and, you know, sunshine. So that's good. It's not. And I tell people all the time, if, 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 if you're getting feedback or you have a relationship where somebody tells you, Hey, you're doing everything you need to do. It's probably not a fruitful relationship. You, you want someone who's going to pull you aside and give you the, the really candid feedback that, that nobody else is going to tell you because that's the feedback that makes you stronger and better. Well, drop the mic right there, Lawrence. We're already to the end of the show. Man, I could talk to you all day, brother. You're going to oh, be back. Oh, likewise. It's a yes. pleasure. Hopefully you'll have me back. Absolutely, I will. So thank you again for doing what you've been doing for the last 28 years. I mean, my mind's blown. I'm a fan. I'm so thankful that I was able to meet you through... Um, an amazing mutual friend, Dr. Dave Trina Celeste Gadsden. I have to shout her out as the first African-American to receive a doctoral degree in communication science in disorders from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Got to throw that out there. Um, (laughs) But um, thank you again. And I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in. Please come back next week. Same time, same place. 10 a.m. on Wednesdays on bizradio.us. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.